it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is time for your raw review for August 9th, 2021. And I'll say, this was probably the best raw in two months. Now, I know that bar is not exactly high, but there was just something a little different about tonight. It was um, it was actually pretty fun to watch. I, I rather enjoyed myself tonight, and um, we'll get right into it. So, Monday Night Raw kicking off with the return of the Viper, Randy Orton. Now, I couldn't believe it when I first heard this. But Randy's been off television for seven weeks. And while those seven weeks have been blissful, they've also been kind of dull. And I hate to say it, but damn it, Randy adds to the show. And it's funny. He kicked off the show... Comes out immediately, hit in the face with an entire crowd of fans cheering. And you could tell Randy just ate this up. He's sitting there, he's he's yelling to the crowd, trying to pump them up, get them to make even more noise. And it's good. It's good times. It's a nice way to kick off the show. <clears throat> so he gets in the ring. Starts talking. And then, of course, I knew this was coming too. The back half of RK Bro, Mr. Matt Riddle himself comes out to the ring. Randy seems to be a little different when it comes towards, towards Riddle. Now, I know, like, when he was still there, he was still a little hesitant towards him. But this seemed a little bit even more. Randy had basically said that, you know, 
when we're a team, I work better alone. I don't need you. You know, this is what it is. But what I had hoped for and expect actually happened. AJ Styles and Omos come out to the ring talking some trash. And that tag team title match that I talked about months ago. Now we're talking during the infancy of RK-Bro. I had made the joke that at SummerSlam, they would win the Raw tag team titles against whoever the champs were. My buddy Sam over at Know the Ropes has been against this from the beginning. And the fact that it's now one step closer to actually becoming reality, it's going to be so sweet. So sweet. <laughs> but we still got time to go before the show. SummerSlam is going to be ridiculous. I can't wait for it. But that's then. This is now. Great opening segment. We then shifted gears to our first match of the night, which was going to be Drew McIntyre versus Shock of All Shocks. SmackDown's Baron Corbin. The man obviously still is down on his luck. Jinder Mahal offered him a nice cash payment to come and try to take care of Drew for him. And I don't know if this was a mistake or if this was planned, but by God, they started playing Corbin's old theme, and I got so excited because I loved his old theme, not his king theme, king of the ring theme, his old theme, his, his proper theme. And it played for about 10 seconds, heard that beginning that beginning part, and then all of a sudden it just stops. <laughs> Titan drawing goes away, everything goes back to raw. So I don't know if that was a mistake or if that was planned because obviously Corbin is so poor he can't even pay for his own music to be played. Who knows? But it was nice to get that little teaser. I miss his theme. I'm glad that he still has it. And I hope that we continue to get more and more as time goes on. Now, throughout this match, Corbin's trying to plead with Drew because he doesn't want Drew to just, you know, to end him with a claymore. Drew feels bad, gets the mic. He says, even though I should, you know, claymore your face in, I feel bad for you. What do you need, you know, to help? Corbin starts screaming, I need $100,000. $100,000? Drew's like, oh, what about $200,000? And I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd like $200,000. How about $300,000? All right, $300,000 sounds pretty good, too. Well, while Drew's saying this, he's, sitting in, he's uh, standing in the corner. So I'm like, oh, no. Here comes that countdown. Sure enough, three, two, one. There's the Claymore. Corbin is down. Match is over. Drew gets the win. And unfortunately for Corbin, it's back to SmackDown. And we'll see what's what's next for the adventures of our former king. 
after that, we ended up getting the rematch a few weeks back with the returning healthy Jeff Hardy taking on Karrion Cross, and, and still, I don't understand the logic behind Scarlett not being with Cross in the main roster. A bunch of people tonight had had commented on that, stating that it seems like maybe they're saying that Scarlett is the reason why Cross wins all the time, and with her not being there, he's exposed, and you know he'll start to lose more, and then she'll show up, and he'll go on a complete terrorist movie, which is fine. Problem is, he taps out Hardy. So it kind of throws that out the window a little bit. So I'm not sure what's going on. I don't know why they wouldn't want to use Scarlet with him, because in NXT, they're a, they're, they're, they're a perfect... Perfect couple together. But for some ungodly reason, on Raw, it just they, they don't like it. So, I don't know. I throw my hands up when it comes to that at this point. I just hope for the best and prepare for the worst. <laughs> After that, we had some women's action as it was the birthday girl herself, Alexa Bliss, taking on and defeating Dewdrop. But... Not without a little bit of help. So as Miss Bliss comes out, she has Lily with her. Puts Lily in the corner. Even Marie didn't like this too much, so she's tried to sit in the corner, and the ref threw her out um, off the uh, off the corner because clearly she's a person. Lily's just a doll, right? You know, you know how this work. So the match is going on and. Dewdrop obviously using her size advantage and her strength advantage, and Alexa trying to use her speed advantage didn't work out so well at certain times. But towards the end of the match, Dewdrop had turned towards the corner that Lily was in, who was basically just saying, Ah, you're a stupid doll, etc., etc., etc. And then we kind of go to the screenshot that's on a Titantron, and Lily winks. So I'm like, all right, we're still going to play the magic game here. Okay, I get it. So that happens. Dewdrop does this, like, horrified shock on her face. And then Alexa pulls the the roll-up. Gets the one, two, three. Okay. All right. So uh, Dewdrop lost because of a, a doll winking at her. Okay. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and uh, we move on. <laughs> After that, uh, we had ourselves a U.S. title contenders match as Sheamus took on Ricochet. And, of course, which seems to be happening every single time Ricochet is on television, the man does some ridiculous move. He does a flying cross bodies on to Sheamus, which they both then completely go through up and over on the commentary tables. It was outstanding. Match was great. um, Sheamus with a ridiculous broke kick to end this match, but they both looked really good. Sheamus clearly has been the MVP, or at least one of the MVPs of the Thunderdome era and has brought that back into the live crowds. Um, I love what he's doing. However, 
I love what Damien Priest is doing. And Priest decides after this, doesn't give Seamus more than a few moments to celebrate his victory, comes out, gets in his face. He wants a match for the U.S. title. But before that, he needs to go through John Morrison yet again. I think this is like, I don't know, the third or fourth week in a row now that they've had a match. (laughs) So, all right, rematch alert. Here we go. However, we get some miracles in this match. Priest does get end up getting the win, even though Miz shooting is that, that drip stick at him. Damien Priest gets out of the ring afterwards and goes to confront Miz, gets in Miz's face, and then Miz does something that I was not expecting. He shoves Damien Priest and then stands up. And I'm like, wait, this man had a serious knee injury. Like, they were talking like ACL Taylor, and that's like a year. For like professional sports, you're out for a year. Miz is standing on it. And then once Damien Priest realizes this, tries to go after him, and the Miz takes off, like running, like not impeded, just running back to the to the back. And I'm like, well, well, shit. Miz is fine. He's not injured at all. This is great. So we'll see what happens. Wouldn't surprise me if we get Damian Priest versus Miz next week. (laughs) If not, then that's fine. I would definitely expect Miz to challenge Priest if if they decide to have Priest win um, the U.S. title from Sheamus at SummerSlam, which that match was made official. Or at least the challenge was put out. I'm sure that um, Adam Pearce, Sonya Deville will make it official if they haven't already by the time this comes out. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to this title match. Uh, I think this is going to be a nice hard-hitting affair between two really, really talented individuals. Um, And I hope if Sheamus does drop the title to Priest, this will propel Sheamus into some type of heavyweight you know, championship capacity. Whether he's challenging Lashley or or what, even still, I think it's time for Sheamus to have another, himself another title run before he retires as well. After that, we get more singles action as it's T-Bar with Mace taking on Mustafa Ali with Mansoor at ringside and Speaking of Night of Shocks, a wild feast your eyes appears from T-Bar, and he gets the win over Ali. I haven't seen T-Bar use feast your eyes actually ever. I wanted to say kayfabe. <laughs> um, uh, oh, uh, when he used to be in NXT under the name of Dominic Dajakovic used to use that finisher all the time. And ever since he was called up, he just stopped using it. He used it today. It was nice to see. So let's hope this goes forward. I really hope at some point that they eventually 
scrap the names of T-Bar and Mace and give them their actual names back. Um, but who knows? We'll see. Good match between these two. The rivalry between all four of them still continued because there was a brawl afterwards, and uh, it looked like uh, Mustafa Ali and Mansoor stood tall at the end of it. So clearly, like I said, this isn't over. I would I would probably expect this going to be Mace versus Mansoor next week. Just how you know these rivalries tend to go. That's I would assume would be the next safe bet. However, after that. We had a nice little fun segment. Uh, they're doing a little bit of a photo shoot with Reggie, our 24-7 champion. And you see someone pushing a custodial cart and another person carrying packages. Well, the person with packages shows up first to Reggie. And the Reggie's like, do I know you? The gentleman with the packages takes the packages, throws them at Reggie, goes to attack him. It ends up being Tazawa, which is obviously hilarious. So Tazawa goes for the pin, but the gentleman who was with the custodial cart jumps in and attacks Tazawa, who ends up being our truth. So seriously, amazing stuff. Reggie, obviously, um, getting out of the pin predicament, jumps up on this giant... Um, Giant, these giant boxes, and you see our truth on one end, Tazawa on the other, and they're yelling at, at Reggie. Reggie does a big flip off of all of them, and out the door he goes. And of course, our truth dropping some hilarious lines. It's like he's in Xbox mode now. It's our truth is a a national treasure, guys. Truly appreciate how good he is. Uh, his comedic timing, and even his wrestling prowess. I mean, seriously, guys, it's just outstanding. So, <laughs> the chase continues, but I really actually enjoy it with Reggie being champion. Um, it's fresh, it's new, it makes the title a little bit more relevant. So we'll see what happens next week. After that, we had probably one of the best promos that have happened in quite a while. MVP and Lashley laying down the law when it comes to SummerSlam. Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg, talking about Goldberg's son. You know, MVP stating, I was not attacking Goldberg's son. I have boys of my own, so does Lashley. We know better than this. We were, we were warning. We were being humanitarian stating that he needs to tell his father that he needs to not show up at SummerSlam because if he does, Lashley's going to end him. And Lashley ends this promo segment with a great line. He says, SummerSlam, you're not next, you're done. Lashley going to come out and take care and end Goldberg's career. And I can see it happen, honestly. Will it? Probably not. Will Lashley retain? Probably. Goldberg doesn't need to run as champion. Doesn't have to at this point. And honestly, with how dominant Lashley has been, he doesn't need to. So we'll see what happens there. 
After that, we had more women's action as it was Rhea Ripley taking on the Raw Women's Champion, Nikki Cross. Ladies were having a great match. Naturally, Charlotte shows up, interferes, causes the DQ or the no contest because she does attack both people. Charlotte, standing tall, rolling into the triple threat match come SummerSlam. That will be a fun match to watch. I know a lot of people are tired of Rhea and Charlotte always being in these championship matches. But honestly, they're two of the best on the Raw roster. So you got to have them close to that title at all times. And obviously right now with Nikki Cross and, or Nikki Ash winning the championship because of Money in the Bank, you know, we're going to see uh, if, they can make, if they can make Nikki into more of a star. There's been conflicting reports about how people are responding to Nikki Ash. Um on the internet seems to be good, but in person, apparently mostly silent and some booze from what I've been reading. And that makes me sad. Uh, Nikki's trying really hard with this. She, you know, this is her idea for her gimmick. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like Hurricane back in the day. And, you know, same thing with Molly Holly, but they came around. So I'm hoping that people will end up doing the same thing uh, when it comes to Nikki. But we'll see. The uh, wrestling fans are they're an interesting bunch. <laughs> I will uh, I will add my, definitely add myself to it. Um, and we all have our rights to, to like and what we don't like. But I just wish people would give things a chance. Everybody is so quick to judge. Um, but just let it breathe. Let's see what happens. And we'll go from there. After that, we had a very interesting vignette. Uh, it was of Elias walking towards a fire with his guitar. And you'd see flashbacks of the Symphony of Destruction matches and Elias getting smashed by, you know, the giant cellos and the guitars and everything else. And he says that WWE used to stand for a walk with Elias, but Elias is dead. And he throws his guitar in the fire. Which I was like, what? No. Like, I love the gimmick, the strum. He even did it during the vignette. And I'm just like, they're killing this too? So I don't know what they're doing. It's, it's interesting. Is Elias going to be something else? Is he not going to be called Elias anymore? Is he it just having a complete change-up of, of character. We'll see. But this gimmick, while it didn't exactly get over on NXT, I would say Elias is probably one of the better success stories um, besides the injuries that he's had. Um, everything from you know him being a big face with everybody cheering, chanting the walk with Elias to that epic, epic moment in Seattle with him and KO where they talked about that having a basketball team in Seattle is like the dumbest thing ever and the crowd booed for a good five minutes. And I'm not exaggerating that. Like Elias and KO just kept looking at each other and looking out into the crowd and they just didn't stop. Like that was probably one of the best reactions I've seen in quite some time, and I loved it. 
Um, I would say that one, uh, the night Roman beat Undertaker, that next Raw, and just most times when, when Cena was out there, um, the constant back and forth. But this was some this was, that that gimmick was was good. It, it it she tried to keep it fresh and did a decent job with it. But now, now I'm intrigued. I want to see what happens with Elias going forward. After that, then, we then shifted gears to our main event of the evening, which was AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. Great match. Almost getting involved towards the end. Obviously giving AJ the advantage. Riddle, even though he had told... um, the reporters in the back earlier, if Randy wanted to do this by himself, he'd allow him to do it because he would respect them. But Omos getting involved way too many times was clearly enough to change Riddle's mind. He comes out, he attacks Omos, uh, gets him out of the way. AJ on the outside goes to do his phenomenal forearm, and Randy turns it into a beautiful, beautiful RKO for the pin. Riddle comes in the ring to celebrate with Randy. Randy clearly mad because he told Riddle to stay in the back. He goes to leave, and the Riddle stops him while he's like halfway out the ropes. I'm thinking to myself, oh my god, is this like too cool? Like, what's going on? Are they can start dancing next? Like, <laughs> But instead, Randy comes in, and Riddle's like, I just want to hug. You know, this is great. You know, we're, we're a team. We're back together. And Randy's like, fine. Opens up his arms. Riddle jumps in. They hug, and the crowd explodes. And Riddle takes his arm, puts his hands up, and you know, cheers to the crowd. And everything's all hunky-dory. And I'm watching this happen, and I'm like, countdown to RKO in five, four... Three, two, one, boom. There it is. (laughs) Randy hits the RKO on Riddle that a whole lot of us saw coming. However, I think this was just to get that stress out, but I think the team is coming back together. This is seriously giving me Team Hell no vibes. And I'm telling you, Something's going to happen next week. It's going to bring them together. And they're going to have themselves a title match come SummerSlam. They're going to win those titles. They're going to do the double pose that we've all been wanting. Well, most of us anyways. And then I'm going to hear Sam from Know the Ropes crying through Twitter about how this nightmare for him is continuing. (laughs) But that was the show tonight. Like I said, guys. Big bounce back from how it's been lately. So if you can for me, go on Twitter, media underscore Bedlam. Go vote on our poll that we put up. Let me know what you guys think thought of Raw tonight. Like I said, it bounced back nicely. I give it a I give it a B. I thought it was pretty good. There was some wonky stuff in it. Obviously, the stuff with, with Lily was kind of weird and um some other tidbits of the show, which were kind of like, all right, you know, the, the, the fourth rematch of Morrison versus Damian Priest and stuff like that. But 
pretty good. We got 20 votes so far. It's doing pretty good. We got 23 hours left on it as of now, as of this recording. So please, guys, go ahead and do that. And otherwise, you can find us still on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube as Bedlam Media. Now, just to let you guys know, by SummerSlam, all of this will be changing to match above the ring, including our Twitter handle. All of our social media platforms will change. You can still find me everywhere at Scotty G Stream and this podcast. When you guys search for the podcast, search for them under Above the Ring. But the media will no longer be an option to choose. Uh, or at least if it is, it's not going to be updating. So you want to do everything through Above the Ring now. And like I said, all the rest of the social media is by SummerSlam. will be matching over to it as well. But guys, like I said, thank you so much for listening. A really good show tonight. Again, the Raw Review for August 9th. 2021. Thank you so much for listening, guys. I truly appreciate you. We steamroll our way ahead, and we'll see you on Saturday morning for that SmackDown study. And just remember, Above the Rings now are all coming out on Mondays because starting this Friday, Rampage, AEW's second show on television on TNT, will be premiering. So Sam and I are actually really excited to see what this show is about. What's it, uh, what's it going to do? And we'll talk about it on our Above the Ring on Saturday when we record. So you guys have a wonderful night. Most importantly, always remember this. Just because the name's changing, the bedlam always remains. Thank you guys. Have a great rest of your week. And most importantly, do not forget to join the battle. Good night. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.